hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Lord, we just pray for your message and your teaching today, Lord. We just ask, Father God, that you may speak your truth into our hearts, Lord, that we may know what, what you want us to do, Lord. We may know your love and your purpose and your desire for our life. Anoint me, O Father, your yes. servant, with just that tenderness of heart, Lord, to, to share what you have to share with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Um, yes, Father. Yes. All right. Finally. Wow, we just sang, you are beautiful. And I'm looking around and it's very true. <laughs> I see you beautiful people. And what I believe makes you really beautiful, and me, and my wife, and my kids, is when we carry a eternal, unpolluted, loving beauty. So um, it's God's beauty in us. But I also think that he made us beautiful in as we are, not just spiritually, but in every possible way. Because everything that God does is beautiful, I think. But that's not the topic today. Today, I want to speak to you about family. It's been something that was burning in my heart for quite many, many months. And it's been something that I was sharing with, with uh, my friends around and people around. And I, I felt that there is something uh, more to what we already experienced that God wants to share with us uh, and help us um, live closer to what he meant us to live. So family. Why family? We, we, I know this is a topic that we are all very aware of. Uh, from the very beginning when I came, I noticed that uh, we talk a lot about family and this is where our hearts are as a church, that we are before, and before everything family, right? That's what we say, that we build relationally and whatever happens, it's all about, fam about family. So, what else can we say to, in addition to what we already know about family? Bear with me, because I think uh, there are certain aspects that I believe God wants to reveal to us, emphasize, and remind us about. I believe that as we talk about these things, uh, God will... I, what I really hope for is for, for in our hearts the understanding about family to expand. To expand. And, and a dream to form in us. Can we, we know we are family, but can we actually learn even something more? Can we be even better family? to what we are. So this is where my heart is. Let's, let's go through it. 
first of all, who defined family? I would like us to revisit this because today the definition of family is under attack, I think. And it helps to go back to in ages and go back to the one who set family for the first time, who defined it. Because I believe as we know how, as we have the definition that will help us understand it better and even more understand what's in God's heart when he created family. Okay, so in Genesis we read, God created human beings. He created them God-like, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. And before that, it's also said, God spoke, let us make human be beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature. So what we see there God saying is that God just, can, can you imagine how this, how, how this is processed? God is, is God self-sufficient first? Can we say God was missing something? So he walks up one day, not quite true because he never sleeps, but, and he's outside of time, so really attributing some time to his way of existence is irrelevant, but I'm only saying it so that we can understand it better. Because at a certain moment, moment, again, irrelevant when you speak about time, but God decided that there will be human. And he doesn't go straight away to create the human beings. He first goes, okay, I'm going to create the invisible world, the visible world. I'm going to create the stars, the galaxies. And this little earth over there, I'll make something to provide physical light in addition to the light that I am. Then I'll make it uh, somehow beautiful. I'll start, I'll create uh, plants, animals. They will move around, it won't be static. There will be a lot of action. And then I will create a creature that will reflect my nature. What a crazy idea that is, if you ask me. If you are self-sufficient, why bother? Why bother? We'll come back to this, but what I wanted us to notice here is that as God is processing through that, he says, let us make in our image. Do you notice how God is speaking about himself in plural? Isn't that puzzling? God is one, we know there is only one God, but how come he speaks about himself in plural? He is not alone already. It, it appears that there is some dialogue happening within, within God himself. He's not alone. 
He is one, but not alone. It's God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, in God's nature, there is plurality and oneness at the same time. Father, Son, and Spirit. So, God himself functions as a family, even without us. We are not there yet. He himself functions as a family. We can see from that that it is very, it is his very nature to function as a family. Then something peculiar happens on the following day. It, on the sixth day, God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make him a helper, a companion. He decides to make the human. And he says, it's not good for him to be alone. Why is it not good for the man to be alone? Why? It, it, you want it, uh, what I believe God is doing, he is reflecting literally his very nature. You remember what we just read in a moment ago, that we are created God alike. So what he is doing at that very moment, he is reflecting his very nature, a family nature, into the human being. Amazing. So this is where family really begins. At the very dawn of the ages, God decides, I will create human and they will be a male and a female. It will be a husband and a wife. And they will function as I function. They will be two individuals, but at the same time, they will be one. That is amazing. I wouldn't have come with such idea anyway. <laughs> Particularly if I feel I'm self-sufficient. So, Why then God did that? Okay, so you come up with this idea, we'll create the world, you'll create the humans, but why? You're self-sufficient, why bother creating them? And this is what I think he did it for. If you think about God himself, uh, you know, do you think God knows everything that will happen? Is he able to see through time and see the things that have, from our perspective, perspective, have not yet happened? Do you think he is able to see them? I think he is. Do you think he is able to see what's going on in today's world? For example, the war in Ukraine. Was he able to see that? Was he able to see the poverty in Africa? Was he able to see all the cruelty and the evilness that we can see in this world that really hits us? Well, God took the risk to create people who have the freedom to rebel against him. 
I can choose one day to be a bad guy. I can choose to pick up a knife, go into the park, and when someone annoys me, use that knife. And God permits that. Or this being that you create, God hopes that we'll choose to submit him. Live in the family of the good father and indulge in the pleasure of living for another. So God was clear that things might turn bad, but because he also indulged and enjoyed so much the outcome that people might actually like to spend time with him, might also choose to love him because he, he's so eager for this nice, positive outcome, he just can't stop himself but create you. Because at the, at the very moment when he decided that there will be men, what, what was God aiming? He, he, he had, so he's not needy, right? He's not needy. He's not someone who functions with some sort of uh, limits. But he has a need. Not like a needy person, but he has a need. The loving nature that he has is so powerful in him that he wants to extend his family even furthermore. So he comes with the idea, I'll create Jack and Sophie. And as I'm creating them, I will help them, I will hope that one day they will come to know me. And as they come to know me, they will discover what family means. They will start living that together. And by discovering that, they will understand a bit better what my nature is. I think this is the need that God has. It's so powerful, it's so great in him that he can't just stop himself. I will create you because I need to expand myself in you. So, two can live independently as individuals, but they can also live as one in a covenant before the Father. Before God, a man and a woman choosing to commit to one another for life. That is reflecting the very nature of God. That's why he created it. So, this, this is how the family starts getting shape at the beginning. And God, God looks at his creation, and what does he say when he creates the, the light and the sky and, and, and the trees and the animals? What was his evaluation on the work he did? It is good. What did he say when he created the man? A man or a woman, what did he say? It is very good. I can simply see how he's so eager and excited about what he has just done. That he says, wow, 
this is very good. This surpasses what I actually uh, expected to give me back. This is very good. But let's read something else. I think we are not yet come at the very peak of his idea about creation. Uh, as, as he was setting the scene by creating the skies and the planets and the earth and, and the animals, and as he created uh, Adam and Eve, husband and wife, he was still uh, not in the full clarification or revealing of the picture. Where do I think the full picture is revealed before our eyes? Paul writes this, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. That's the family we're talking about, right? And the two are united into one. And then Paul goes on and says, this is a great mystery. But it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. We'll create world, we'll create man, we'll make them, we'll give them the opportunity to live individually, but as well as one. And then, because I know there will be these cases when they will rebel against me, and they will do all sorts of things, I will actually provision a way to restore all that. So that the ultimate goal that I have for the whole church and myself to be in one, to become one. So this is the ultimate definition of family. So when you think I've got family, see that this is just a uh, model, a, a smaller model of the bigger thing. The bigger thing being Christ and church. And God is so excited that he goes, this is very good. Now, let me remind you about a different picture that we see in the New Testament. What happened when Jesus decided to step up and start his ministry? Do you remember the scene where, when he was at the Jordan River? and he decided to be baptized. Can you help me? What happened? Something came over Jesus. What was that? The Holy Spirit. And it came in the form of a dove and rested on him. And do you remember someone saying something at that particular moment? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Do you see this exciting, do you hear this exciting voice again? God is now excited that the ultimate definition of family is just about to unfold. And he, he just can't stand the picture, the scene, that he's, he, he opens the skies and speaks into this world and says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Because finally, the ultimate family will appear. I am about to launch it now.
okay. So this is what God did. This was his plan. That's what happened. Christ and the church are the ultimate family. So help me, uh, let let me uh, emphasize the fact that when God planned family, he never planned family. His ultimate plan for family, he never planned family without Christ in it. Okay? This is very key thing. You can't have family without Christ. You can have legally stamped marriage in the council, or you might decide, I will not have marriage at all. We'll just live together. But when we speak about family, and when we come back to the source, God's definition about family, it is Christ and the church. Or if it is you and your wife, it is Christ and you and your wife. So, coming to today, here, me and you. Actually, many things can go wrong. I talk here about family and probably some of you have some painful uh, experiences. Something didn't turn out as you expected it. We can see individualism. Lots of things that are coming our way to hit the family. We can see people wanting to, oh, why bother? Why really uh, go into something that will enslave you? That's what the individualism would say. Or we can see selfishness. What can I get out of it? I don't need to marry even. We can just live together and I could take for myself whatever I want and I think there will be some benefit for her as well. So it's a win-win situation. Selfishness never leads to win-win situation. Or we can see all sorts of decay when it comes to family life. We can see how, how easily this, this world can turn the intimacy of a marriage into a uh, fallen image, into a corrupt image, where, where pleasure is consumed just for the sake of pleasure, without at all getting a picture of the ultimate plan that God had for, had for family. Is that healthy? It's not healthy. And if things have gone wrong, I think the best thing for us to come is to do is come back to him. Recognize him. Ask him to come and restore. Because family is sacred for God. And I think we need to make it sacred for us too. And I think we've done that. We've made that choice. So let's keep the sacred choice for us. And if something went wrong down the line in your life, you can come to Jesus and ask him to help to restore whatever happened. Um, I read recently a book. A guy uh, speaks about um, um, entertainment and how the entertainment um, 
the title of the book is Entertaining Ourselves to Death. So his point is basically the, uh, we, can, we, we can be so much addicts to entertainment that we can be blinded because of that to see the valuable things in this life. And one of the thoughts that he said really struck me, he says, if, if in this generation we say, who is God? Then the next generation will say, what is good? So if today we ask, what is God? The next generation will say, what is good? The moment we take away God from the picture and Christ from the picture, things turn bad very quickly. So that's why before everything, we need to make sure that we keep Christ in everything that we do as a family together. So I want to tell you how, what, what really happened with me one day when I came through that door and I was sitting somewhere there where Lucy and Richard are and we had worship and I, I felt God's presence so powerfully. And I was experiencing God. And I, 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 I couldn't really stop my, myself from weeping in that moment. And I then heard God telling me, these are your brothers and sisters. Love them. Wow. I knew almost nothing about Lifeline. And I knew almost no one. I went to Richard's and Lucy house a few times. They were running a house group then. Uh, I was maintaining a relationship then. Actually, David Jones was coming to see me. I'm working in central London. He would call me, let's go out for dinner. So all of a sudden, after 10 years living in this country, I realized that the only guy that ever calls me is David Jones that I met just couple of months back, and he's, every time when we meet, meet and we eat together, he keeps asking me, how are you? How is Mara? And, and I answer and, and ask him, how are you? I struggle to remember the, name, uh, the names of his family members. And, uh, and he would turn the question back to me, and, like ignore my question at all, completely, and focus the things over me again. And I was overwhelmed. How could this be possible? Where is this man coming from? What, what really is this church here? And God told me, these are your brothers and sisters. Love them. So this, at that very moment, I knew God gave me family. You guys. And God called me to love you. <sighs> it's not easy. But actually, that was not because of, because of the difficulty loving you. I just saw Richard showing me, you've got five minutes. That's the reason. I think you will struggle to love me if I continue for much longer than that. Okay. Um, when we started building the building, uh, John, Jamie said, would you like to help with this property action group? 
said, oh, well, I can help. I'm not sure how good I, I am, but I'll do my bit. And things were advancing, and then oh, uh, I was thinking, we will try to build this building. And God told me once, you are going to build me a building? He said, I am building a family. So God's business here is building family, building us together. Okay. Now, I wanted us to hear as well the story of Chloe. No? Okay. Chloe will, will, will come and she will share us a couple of things. So Chloe uh, started coming uh, to our church a few months ago. And uh, I was impressed that Chloe gradually get more and more involved into the life of our church and get to know more and more people. And then without me telling her or giving her a lift or serving her very thoroughly, she just decided to go to youth, etc., etc. So I was puzzled. What really attracted Chloe? And, and why is it that Chloe decided to join us and be with us? So I would ask you, Chloe, if you can tell us in a few sentences what, what, what really happened? Why is that? Okay. Well, this is real thing. For me, this is the real meat that God can restore. Thank you, Chloe. That was very bold. She wanted to come with uh, Jenna or with somebody else, and you managed to find the courage to come on your own. So well done. Thank you, Chloe. But I think uh, what it tells me is that what works is family. A family where there is love and connection. So that was Chloe's journey. We continue journeying together. What, what I believe is next for us. I think God wants us to, wants to remind us what family is and to bring us closer. As we came out of COVID, uh, it was about uh, how do we restore the connections, the relational aspect between ourselves. And the main thing is, whatever we do, can we, can we validate, is Christ in the middle of all that? Because family cannot function without Christ. So let me, let me uh, say a few things. We come together on Sunday morning. Christ is in the middle. But then we go out. Could Christ be in the middle while we're talking to each other outside? Which means I see you as my extension. I can be one. I can choose not to talk to you. But because I recognize that God has made us family, I choose to be connected with you. You're at Castle Point doing whatever you do. How is Christ in the middle of what you do? Are we connected and functioning together as a family? You do children's ministry or you run through your week, you're busy working, someone needs you. Do we have this connection outside of Sunday morning. This is where the real deal is. 
And uh, this uh, statement there, family together, is something that uh, God gave me. My family, uh, my, my heart really started hurting over a period of time. The, we, we, I, I started feeling that we, we could be better connected to, to each other and to one another. Are there people that don't have friends? I've been hearing this. And I've been, someone said that, have any one of you felt that? Uh, do I really have friends? Do I, am I alone? Uh, if you had that feeling, if you've experienced that thing, I think it, it, it shows us that we need to find again what family is and find a way to get together, to get closer to each other again, find a way to meet each other and, and actually live out what God said when he said, we are family and redefined us. So family together with Christ in the center. That's what I think God is calling us, what that will look in practical terms. I think it's for all of us together to discover. But let's remember, if everything else fades away, at the very nature of God is family. And that's what excites him. And family, the ultimate family, is such a family where Christ is at the center. So can we find the practical definition of that? as we live, live our life. Okay. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at Lifeline UK.